in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Hello there. This is Aaron here at Dad in the Trenches. Welcome, welcome. If you are a first-time listener to the podcast, a very special welcome to you. And for those of you that are returning listeners, by all means, thank you so much for your support of Dad in Trenches and uh, uh, listening in and uh, following along. Uh, before we get into today's uh, guest and uh, what all he has to bring, we're going to touch on a couple quick things. Uh, one, this is a, a milestone episode. This is episode 26 which actually, actually represents one year of doing the podcast at two-week intervals. And uh, I believe around May, May 1st, was when the very first episode dropped for Dad in the Trenches. So happy anniversary uh, to all of you who have been listening along since the very beginning or have gone through all the episodes. And again, thanks for your support with that. Um, next thing is, as it is anniversary and end of season one, uh, I'm going to take a short break. I have a lot of uh, guests lined up that I am interviewing and uh, also uh, just going to take a little breather uh, between now and the release of Season 2, uh, also related to the third announcement, uh, third item. Um, I recently, with COVID stuff, uh, was laid off from my full-time uh, job. This is about two and a half, three weeks ago at this point. And... Um, I just want to spend a minute before we jump into today's podcast. Um, for those of you that have been affected by COVID, who maybe you've been furloughed or had layoffs, uh, even those that maybe it's not yourself, but maybe a, a friend or a family member, um, I just wanted to, to share 10 things that I feel the Lord has been showing me in this, uh, this change and in this season of life. I uh, hope it's encouraging and equipping. Feel free to share with them. Um, and also just to reach out, um, if this is yourself or someone else, feel free to reach out, um, direct message me on Instagram, or also uh, drop me a note at hello at dadinthetrenches.com. I would love to um, just support you as best I can and um, be of, of service in any way. Um, if anything, just pray. Um, but I'm going to give you 10 things that I'm just learning uh, before we jump into today. So just the first thing is that um, you are not alone. I actually just saw the uh, the recent numbers for unemployment that were filed uh, within, I think, through last, uh, through this week, and we're over 20 million people uh, claiming unemployment um, since all this began, and that's up from less than a million people in the United States pre-COVID crisis to now, so over 20 million people claiming unemployment, um, and I'm sure there's probably even more that 
have been laid off, don't have work, that have not even claimed. So you are not alone in this. There are a lot of people facing this same situation as am I. Uh, number two, you've got to take thoughts captive. I know it's easy to entertain the worst scenarios of what can happen to you or your family, um, even depression that sets in. And the enemy really wants to pile on in those moments when you are feeling that way, you are thinking that way, when you're entertaining those things. But you have to, as scripture says, take thoughts captive. And that is so important in this season. Um, And you can combat that with scripture, with reading scripture, uh, but also just being aware of what you're thinking in the moment and anything that's negative or that brings um, guilt, condemnation, fear, uh, depression, those kind of things to take those thoughts captive before the Lord. Number three, it's okay to grieve. Uh, For those of you that are familiar with the five stages of grief, I won't rehash them here, Um, but it's okay to grieve and to take that to the Lord as you process through, you know, sadness, um, you know, anger. Uh, Definitely um, have experienced a wide range of those over the last several weeks. And it's okay to feel those things. It's okay to go through those things. Um, Do it with the Lord, with His Holy Spirit. Um, Number four, find support and talk to someone, Um, you know, let them know what you need. Uh, you know, and it's it can be a spouse, it can be a friend, um, anyone that you're in a relationship with, someone that who's safe and that you know you can trust um, and that isn't going to be scared if you have to share some of your angry thoughts with them or your sadness or tears. Um, you know, let them know what you need. Um, you know, you may not want advice or info. You just may need someone to listen. Let them know that uh, up front. Um, it's okay. Find support and someone to talk to. Number five, do indeed take care of your necessities, you know, budgetary standpoint, um, depending on your financial situation, those kind of things. If you have to cut back in certain areas with budget, you know, go through your credit card statement, go through banking statements, see where you're spending money, cut out the non-necessities if you have to, make sure you've got food, clothing, shelter, all those kind of things taken care of. Um, You know, make sure your insurance needs are covered. Um, you know, there are a lot of, uh, you know, whether it's mortgages, um, student loans, a lot of th- uh, places are, are allowing you forbearance so you can uh, put payments on withhold, those kind of things. Those are always options as well. Um, do, you can file for unemployment. Um, that's something that both you and your employer pay through payroll um, every week, every month. So that is something that is um, there for you as well to file. So take care of those necessities. Uh, Number six, um, Psalm 90, interestingly enough, um, was the verse that I read the the morning of my my layoff. And uh, that morning I was reading, had no idea, of course, what was coming, but uh, Psalm 90, verses 12 Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, as for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Thank you.
So my simple item here for number six is ask God for the work of your hands. Ask him for what's next. Ask him for what he has planned for you and pray over those things continually. Number seven, um, you know, if you at all can, don't rush to the next thing out of fear. Seek the Lord and begin making a plan of action. Um, it's okay um, to just take a pause, to feel the emotions, to go through the grieving process. All of those things are completely normal. Um, but the one thing you, you want to make sure is that you don't move hastily and by all means don't make a decision out of fear. You want to move in peace with the Lord and what He's doing and what He's showing you. So don't rush off. By all means, seek the Lord and begin making a plan of action, dedicating that to the Lord and asking Him to show you what the next steps need to be. Number eight, um, get into a routine. It's okay to take a little time off. It's okay to have some pajama days. It's okay to do those things, but do start getting into a routine. Get up, get dressed, um, get your hair fixed, you know, go through what's normal, uh, a normal aspect of your day, creating some sense of routine that's in there um, because um, some semblance of normalcy is something that you will want to have and something that you can count on. You can build in devotion times in the morning, time with family, whatever that is, before you begin your day. Totally something that you need to do and get established. Number nine is also directly related, actually, partially to number eight, which is enjoy the time. Build it into the routine. Um, as we've all probably been experiencing through this COVID craziness, um, we've had more time on our hands, had more time with family. Uh, but just um, don't let the job search and the next thing uh, completely suck the joy out of life or the time that you have. Make sure and just build in that time and that routine with family. And number 10, have faith. Um, Psalm 37, uh, verse 23 starts. It says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. I just encourage you to be praying that over yourself and to remind your soul to have faith um, you know, Jesus says that in this life we will have trouble, but he says, take heart for I have overcome the world. So dads, that's my encouragement to you. Again, for any of you uh, that may be in a, a layoff situation or a furlough situation or, you know, having an income issue uh, where you're, you're facing financial hardships because of all that's going on, um, my heart goes out to you and I am praying and praying for you, and by all means, um, feel free to reach out. I would I would love to talk to you uh, and be of support in any way that I can. Direct message me at, at Dad in the Trenches on Instagram. Uh, drop a note at hello at dadinthetrenches.com. Feel free to do that. All right, today's episode, we are going to jump in. Uh, very important conversation and topic of discernment. Um, this being... Uh, one, uh, kind of an anniversary episode as well. 
Uh, we're going to be doing a giveaway uh, for two books for um, uh, Everyday Discernment. And um, I hope you guys will check us out on Instagram. Um, put your name in the hat for the, uh, the contest, the drawing that we'll do uh, for those books. I've got two books that we're going to be giving away. So uh, be checking out Instagram uh, this week. And um, if you are a longtime Dad in the Trenches listener uh, and haven't done so already, please uh, flip over to the Apple Podcast, give us a five-star rating, and also uh, leave a note or a comment. Um, that'll also be part of the uh, contest this week as well. So if you haven't done that, be sure and do that. Appreciate you all. God bless. And now let's jump over to the conversation. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us here on Dad in the Trenches today. My guest is Tim from Discerning Dad. Tim, thanks so much, man, for joining us. Thanks, Aaron. It's a pleasure to be on. I appreciate um, all that you do. I, I listen to the podcast myself, and I'm oh, um, honored to be here with you and uh, <laughs> the dads listening. Great, great. So um, let, let's just kind of jump in. Tell us a little bit you know, about yourself, what you do presently, your season of life, you know, family, that, that fun stuff. Yeah, um, been married for 14 years. Uh, currently have a son who's 11, and my daughter is six. Okay. Uh, work in uh, worked in uh, business for over 23 years, business management. So that's kind of my full time gig. Okay. And uh, on the side, I uh, serve at church. I'm on the elder board, uh, chairman of the board now. And I've been doing that for a few years, and before That's, that, uh, various leadership roles. Um, kind of grew up in the church, so well, elder and board, the ministry, time, and, man. That's that's yeah. no small time, part time gig. That's that's pretty involved, I imagine. Yeah, it's it's a lot of the spiritual leadership of the church, and obviously financial accountability, that kind of stuff. That yeah. um, some of the nitty gritty and some of the higher level, you know, spiritual um, advisory stuff. So it's it's yeah. fun. Okay. And, and talk about um, just kind of your, your background growing up in the church and the impact of your father as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm a PK, and it's funny because my wife is a PK too. So oh, really? We you both grew both up in the church. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for better or worse, I mean, you always hear the <laughs> stories, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it was it was good growing up in that environment. Obviously, um, firm background in who I am and, and what I believe is thanks to my parents. And my dad was... Um, one of the best models that I had growing up for someone who uh, honors the Lord, is obedient, uh, who, you know, uh, example for marriage, example for parenting. Um, mm. And really, I owe a lot to him um, for who, for the man I am today. That's and awesome. uh, yeah, so, you know, coming out of that, there's obviously challenges of growing up in the church too. You know, you take a lot of things for granted and you have to make uh, your parents' faith become your own at some point. And, mm. uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was when I hit college, um, you start getting bombarded with a lot of different um, philosophies and ideas. And I remember the Religion 100 class specifically because mm. you're just bombarded with all these thoughts and ideas and religion, religious ideas. And, and you just kind of have to think like, okay, why do I believe what I believe? And kind of go back to the roots of what you grew up with. Mm. And a lot of the things that I took for granted, um, you know, 
realizing that not everyone believes that, which I knew obviously, but it's just kind of is real world and you have to decide then and there, um, you know, who Jesus and, and this faith that you profess really is. Mm. And, uh, you know, I never, I never fell away from the faith, but you know, it was some tumultuous years where, um, you know, I was, you know, testing things out and trying different things and, um, you know, but God was faithful and, and, and brought me through any doubts or, or, you know, things that I was trying to push boundaries on. Mm, That makes sense. Talk about as well, just you having a a great example for fatherhood, you know, now talk about your own fatherhood, you know, you're in the trenches story of learning to be a dad and balance work and demands of the church and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, you know it's it's funny. I I remember vividly um, with my first child, my son, and and it's something that um, it's not real. It doesn't. It didn't become real until the moment of that he was delivered in the hospital. And I think it's a little <laughs> different for women, where you know it's a part of them from conception, and, and they feel you know they feel so connected to the baby inside of them. But yeah. I think for the dad, you know, you you feel the baby kick a little bit. You know, you start decorating the room, you build, you spend eight hours building a crib. You know, you have all these <laughs> things you're doing, but until it becomes real in the hospital and you see this 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 child, you know, you just have this uncontrollable emotion all of a sudden. And, uh, I remember on the first one, it just really hit home. Like, okay, I'm doing this. Like I'm a dad. Um, and I also became overwhelmed with the feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, (laughs) you know, this, this life, this life is now expecting me to have all the answers to provide for him. And, and it really was like a shock of, um, okay, let's do this. And, um, you know, I remember specifically I got, in, you know, I started working out like nonstop. I just got in like the best, best shape of my life in my late twenties, early thirties, um, (laughs) as kind of a response to, okay, you know, I need to take care of myself. So I'm around for, you know, (laughs) as long as a child needs me. So it was a funny, it was a funny, um, path, which I think many parents experience, um, the realization start to hit, starts to hit you that, Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's okay to, to, to think like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and those are perfectly natural thoughts. And it kind of pushes us to find the answers to things that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Just talking through your early, early years as a dad, you know, and, and things you learned in those early stages, we'll get to kind of where you are now too. But for those dads that may be listening, parents that may be listening, um, you know, what are some, a couple of things you just learned in those early years uh, that the, either the yeah. Lord did or even resources that were really helpful for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, work is one of the things that, um, as a dad, that is a lot of times my main priority is to provide for my family. And it's something I take very seriously. Um, and so a part of, you know, having discernment with my work is, has come to the point where, you know, I need to have that work-life balance where, um, you know, in an effort to provide for my family, I'm also not neglecting them by trying to push myself so hard to, you know, make it work or to, you know, uh, overexert myself or whatever that looks like, you know, and in my twenties and stuff like, you know, I was trying to prove a point at work. I, I took on hard jobs. I took on, you know, assignments that, um, you know, were very stressful at the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as I kind of progressed and matured a little bit, there was, um, 
then became other assignments that I said no to that, you know, looked better monetarily, um, but weren't the best decision for my family. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that came down to just, you know, um, having priorities aligned with, um, you know, what I say is important to me should be reflected in how I spend my time. Yeah, that's, that's great. And now kind of as you've, you've progressed through some stage with kids with, uh, you know, uh, knocking on the teenage years, knocking on the door of the teenage years. Yeah. You know, what, <laughs> well, what are some things that you've, you've discovered or learned along the way, um, as well, just your own fatherhood journey from those early years to now? Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things I learned, especially with my son is just to, um, you know, there's not one book or one strategy that's going to work, you know, for every dad and every child. Uh, it really comes down to knowing, your kids. And for my son, for example, you know, um, we read a lot of books on parenting and, you know, he's very strong willed. And so we read all these books on the strong willed child (laughs) and and discipline and stuff like that. But it really became a journey of me and my wife finding what was best for him. And that, that caused us to, you know, change our strategy over the years, you know, Mm -hmm. what we did, what worked on him at at three and four didn't work on him at seven and eight. And Mm -hmm. and what we're doing now when he's 11 is slightly different than that too. And whereas, you know, other kids would have responded to either punishment or the types of rewards in a different way. And, and my daughter is completely different from him. And so, (laughs) you know, it's, it's good to be able to gather resources from, um, from dads who've gone before us and, and, and books and stuff like that, but you have to be able to apply it to your situation and, mm-hmm. and do what's best ultimately for your kids and where God's leading you. Yeah. Um, you know, cause God will give you that wisdom and discernment that you need to, to, to lead your family. You know, yeah. if you ask and if you, if you seek after him, that's great. That's really good. So let's, let's shift gears just a little bit here. Um, so you, you curate uh, discerning dad, which is, uh, digital ministry and encouragement. Um, you know, talk a little bit more about discerning dad. Um, you know, give us the backstory where this come from. What what the Lord put on your heart and and kind of to where you are present with that. So yeah, I started discerning dad at late eight, 2018, which I think was very similar to when you started dad in the trenches. Um, yeah, somewhere around there. Correct? Yeah. 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 And so it's been really cool to see uh, you grow. You know, grow the ministry that you have and uh, to kind of you know throw ideas back and forth, um, as we've kind of moved through this journey of starting a <laughs> ministry. And, and that's one of the things I really like too, about, um, other ministries I've met just through social media is mm. everyone's really open and receptive. Um, you know, we all know that we're in this to spread the gospel, to help other, other people grow as Christians. And so there's not yeah. like this, you know, infighting, like, you know, oh, it's, it's just me and my followers. Like, you know, right. I'm not going to let you let you in. I, I don't get any of that at all. And I really appreciate yeah. that about the other ministries out there. Yeah. We're a lot on of the collaboration. same team, man. Amen. That's, that's so, so right yeah. on. But specifically for discerning dad, um, you know, I got this impression. It was in a series at church about the the gifts of the spirit and uh you know the, our pastor was talking about them and i remember specifically in a specific sunday service i almost got this digital download you know from heaven you know <laughs> the, the original cloud before the <laughs> iCloud, yeah oh, man, so it kind of got good. just uh downloaded to me and i got this idea like you know because 
discernment has been one of my, you know, spiritual gifts, uh, strengths. And so, um, I got this idea, like, you know, what if I just start this ministry called Discerning Dad? And I was getting these, you know, ideas from God on, on what to write about and what to, mm. you know, blog before I even knew like how to blog. And, <laughs> you know, granted, I didn't like to write, I don't journal. And so I went home and I started journaling and I started writing all these ideas down and these long-term and short-term goals for the ministry. Um, stretch goals, which included a book, which at the time I didn't know I was going to write a book. Um, and so, you know, it was really something that I, I, I started in faith. I felt led by God to do it with, you know, keep in mind, I didn't know how to, um, start a website. I didn't know how to blog. I didn't know how to do anything. Mm -hmm. Even I didn't know how to use Instagram. Um, so it's really been this journey of, um, what I've been trying to do through discerning dad is to provide encouragement, um, not just to dads, but it's, you know, being a dad, I can, I can relate a little, a little more to them, mm-hmm. um, to, to provide for, um, helping others grow in discernment. And I'll talk a little bit about what that means, um, to make better decisions, uh, in our life with the Bible as our foundation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what that looks like for me is, you know, weekly blogs. Uh, I try to provide some type of daily encouragement on social media because honestly I was at the point on social media and the news where I just wanted to turn it off. I wanted to yeah. shut down Facebook. I wanted to turn it all off because you just read so much negativity, so much worldly things on there. Yeah. And so it really became this journey of if I can give back a little bit of some positive encouragement of what God is doing, mm-hmm. get people just a glimpse of, you know, a scripture or a word or something to get them on their day to kind of propel them to seek it out for themselves. Um, that's really what uh, the heart of this, this ministry is, is to help others grow in discernment. That's great. That's great. And then you mentioned a book in there too. Let's talk about that to give the backstory on that and tell us, give us a little uh, sneak peek. Yeah. So um, the book is one of the things too that um, happened probably four months after I started the ministry. And it, it was another download from from God as, as far as I got the outline, exactly what it was going to look like. <laughs> and it, it also became, um, you know, you don't read a lot about discernment in contemporary Christian um, culture, yeah. at least from what I've seen. You see it mostly, you know, you see it in Catholicism, you know, priests mm-hmm. talk about discernment. And I see it a lot in New Age. If you follow the hashtag discernment, like I do on Instagram, I mean, all these things come up from all different you know, religious um, backgrounds and, mm. and spirituality. Interesting. And so I wanted to kind of take the sermon back for the Christian and think about it in how God talks about it in the Bible Yeah. and how we apply it to our life. Um, you know, people make decisions every single day. Some studies think that up to 35,000 decisions a day people make. <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of those are small things like, you know, what, I'm, what toothpaste am I going to use? What am I going <laughs> to eat? Things like that. And, right. Uh, those decisions don't need to be given with the lens of the Bible, but you know the bigger decisions that we make, um, we definitely need to have some kind of foundation in what, why we're making the decision, and what is the foundation for for what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people, um, I think, have good. I mean, no one tries to sabotage their life, right? So you go and make a decision, and you try to do the best you can with what you know. And a lot of what we know is how we're raised, what we've seen modeled for us, mm-hmm. and you know the the types of information that we're getting. And so, you know, if if we had um, a good model parent, you know, we'll we'll use that as a guide. I mean, it's not always a one for one, but um, there's a lot of 
you know, how we were raised and kind of our go-to, you know, when you say like, oh, geez, I'm sounding like my dad, you know, there's a reason (laughs) that that comes up because, you know, that's, that's what we know. Yeah. And so the same thing goes to when we make decisions, um, as a parent, as a Christian, um, if our foundation is not based on the Bible, number one, um, you know, it's based on either, it's going to be based on other worldly things like our personal motives, you know, um, things that, you know, is of our flesh. And so when I talk in my book about, and the book is called Everyday Discernment, Mm -hmm. because I really wanted to create a guide, you know, kind of a pathway to chart out what discernment looks like in our everyday life. And the decisions we make should be grounded in, and I talk about three ways we get discernment. And one of them is the Word of God, Mm -hmm. right? Number one. Number two is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And number three is godly relationships in our life, which includes, you know, parents, pastors, our spouse, um, who can provide us wisdom in a moment that we need it uh, to make a decision. Yeah, that's great. How... um just simplify it for us. How would you dis- describe or define discernment? Sure. Um, so the Greek word for discernment in the Bible is called diachrisis, and that means to distinguish or discern and to appraise a certain situation. And so the Bible talks about it specifically as discerning of spirits in First Corinthians, mm-hmm. and that can either mean, you know, uh, uh, something that is, you know, an evil spirit, or it can also mean the spirit of truth, you know, the spirit of God versus the spirit of this world. Right. And my favorite verse on discernment is Hebrews 5.14, which says, but solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Hmm. So, you know, discernment comes down to practice, right? Um, you know, we're not going to make perfect decisions every single time. And that's not the goal. The goal is to to learn and to grow, to learn from bad decisions, of course. Um, you know, you don't want to make the same bad decision twice. So the Bible talks a lot about solid food versus the milk of the word. And when we um, grow in our faith and grow in maturity as Christians, we, you know, we partake of that solid food, the things that God wants to show us as we, as we deepen our, our walk, as we run the race. And as we grow in maturity, we're, we're able to make those um, decisions more based on uh, what God is showing us and what the Word says about different, different areas of our life. You know, and mm-hmm. my book is based off, off of chapters of areas that we can apply discernment. So, such as discernment with our time, discernment in our career, mm-hmm. discernment in relationships, uh, discernment in parenting, mm-hmm. uh, discernment in uh, our career decisions, our social media usage, <laughs> and also <laughs> the, the entertainment media that we consume yeah. are just a few of the chapters. But uh, really looking at it from maybe a different perspective, you know, maybe um, you've always seen your career as your own. Maybe you've seen, you know, your Netflix time as your own. And to really look at it holistically, whereas, you know, we, you know, our lives are not our own. And so no matter what we do, it should all be done for the glory of God. And that doesn't mean that we can't, you know, binge watch a show. I'm not saying that, Um, but it all should be done in relation to where our priorities are. And if I think most people would tell you, you know, God is number one on their priority list. Um, And then maybe their family and then their career and then maybe their hobbies, you know, and if we say that is what our priorities are, it should reflect in how we use our time. And 
if I go the entire day, and this is something God has convicted me on recently too, if I go the entire day and don't open up the Bible, if I don't pray, you know, then I cannot say that God is my priority. As much as it's the Christian thing to do and to say, it's really reflected in how I spend my time. And that's, you know, I would be notoriously bad about this where I didn't want to wake up early in the morning. And so at the end of the night, when I'm super tired, you know, I'll open up a Bible plan in bed and I'll read it as I'm dozing off. And so five minutes later, you know, I didn't accomplish anything. You know, I didn't read anything that I'm going to remember. I didn't have time to pray because I was so tired. And so personally, um, you know, I felt convicted at the beginning of this year to wake up earlier, you know, 45 minutes earlier than I would normally wake up. And then I have a very specific regimen of journaling, of reading the Bible, reading a specific book, and and praying in the morning. And I'll, I'll tell you, Aaron, it's been very impactful for me mm. just to kind of start my day off right, where yeah. I would have told you a year ago that I can't do that because I'm not a morning person, which was just <laughs> an excuse. All right. That's good. And so, you know, that was something for me, and it's not, maybe not, I'm not saying you can't read the Bible at night, but I'm saying you have to find what works for you yeah. and you have to put the the Bible as a, as a foundation for your life. And that means every single day. Yeah. And that also means that if we give of our, our, our time and our talents, um, and our treasure, you know, and we tithe, um, you know, I've heard it preached recently too, that, you know, 10% of our time is, is two hours and 40 minutes a day. Hmm. And so if, if you, if you think that I have to give back to God two hours a day, I mean, that's overwhelming. You think like, I can't do that. There's no way I can barely give him, you know, 10 minutes as it is. Right. And it, it, it comes down to having a state it just means you take God with you throughout the day. So maybe you have a break at work, you know, you, you open, you know, a chapter in the Bible and you reflect on it for 10 minutes and you pray, um, you serve, uh, you love others, you you go about your day as as let God lead you in 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 what you do. Mm. Talk to us a little bit more just about some simple aspects and things we can do to practice and get better at discernment. So yeah, to improve in discernment, um, and granted, I talk about it in the book as kind of like um, a muscle, right? You work out, you um, you work out over time, and you see the growth of the muscle improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so discernment's not something that, you know, you read my book, you read the Bible, and all of a sudden you have this amazing discernment. You know, it, it is a journey. Um, we are on this, you know, the Bible says we're on a race, right? So uh, we're running this race, yeah. and all, all Christians are on different stages of the race. And so, there's going to be you know mature believers who are more mature than us, who have come to realization through you know the Holy Spirit and through years of learning and 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 God revealing things to them. Mm-hmm. And so, if I'm just starting the journey as a Christian, I need to make sure that I'm not trying to put unrealistic expectations upon myself. Right. And we all mm-hmm. want to try to be more like Christ. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if I have convictions, like I just shared about my time and how I'm spending my devotions in the morning, I'm not going to go out and, and preach that to other people unless I have a voice, unless they're giving me a voice mm-hmm. to speak into their life. You know, I'm not going to demean someone that's only spending 10 minutes in the word a day. I'm not going to go out and say, you know, I have this revelation from God in my life and now you need to do it. Uh, so I think we need to be very um, gracious and loving and how we share the convictions we have. And I see it a lot 
on, on social media where people say, you know, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. This theology is wrong. Right. And, and instead of saying, okay, if I have an ear in your life, if you come to me and you say, hey, I see how you spend your money or I see how you parent. Would you mind sharing with me a little bit about what God's doing in your life? Okay, then you gave me an open door in your life to share with you. But if mm-hmm. I just come to your house and say, hey, you're not parenting, right? You need to do it this way. I mean, obviously you're going to say no immediately because, you know, I'm coming at you in a way that's not loving. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I talk about is is it's kind of like when you see online I know nothing against working out, right? But when you see someone online and you're not in a, in a phase in your life where you're working out or eating right, and when you see someone who's at the gym every day who, you know, meal plans, who, who puts all these pictures online about health and, and has all their meals lined up for the week, I mean, you kind of cringe at it because not so much of what they're doing, but what it does, you know, yeah. what it says about what you're not doing. Right. And so a lot of times that's how other people react when they see the things that Christians are doing is that it brings conviction. Hmm. And a lot of times we lose people in the process. Hmm. Um, and so with everything we do, it should be done in love. And if someone gives you a seat at the table, do so in a way that is honoring to them while also sharing the wisdom that God has given you. Yeah, that's good. And I love too how you just talk about there's really three kind of avenues that we can gain discernment uh, through the word, through the spirit, and through our relationships. Um, yes. I think most of us probably can identify easily maybe more with the word or with relationships, but just talk a little bit more about just the spirit of God and how um, how that interaction works and how we gain discernment through the spirit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, God moves in time. Uh, time is a creation of God. And so I talk in the in the book about how, you know, he moves in, in Kairos time and also Kronos. And what those are is Kronos is over the course of chronological history, right? God moves in his redemptive plan, which we see in the Bible. He moves over the course of our life from, you know, the moment, you know, that we're, they're born until we, until we, we go to be with him, you know, God moves in our life, but he also moves through the Holy Spirit in a Kairos moment. And that means a strike point moment in our life where the Holy Spirit shows up in a moment that we need him and gives us a revelation of what we need to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Holy Spirit, I mean, one of the, my favorite verses in the Bible, um, is that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Mm. We think about that, you know, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us as Christians. Yeah. I mean, that is powerful. That is that is something that we just kind of take for granted. And it's something that we can access that, but we have to build the relationship with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of make make a room that's comfortable for him to inhabit. And what I mean by that is if we, you know, have sin in our life, if we have things that um, kind of destroy that relationship, the Holy Spirit will not feel as comfortable moving and we won't feel as connected to the Holy Spirit to know what he's saying. And Mm -hmm. so that comes down to, you know, um, living our life with integrity, to being grounded in the word, to praying um, and listening. I think listening is one of the biggest um, (laughs) skills in prayer that we don't um, implement, you know, think about it. If I went to the doctor and I said, you know, I have 
all these problems. I have a migraine. I have my knee hurts. You know, I have this, this pus coming out of my arm and (laughs) you know, my eyesight's not good. And I tell him all these things, but then I say, all right, doc, I'll see you next week. And the doc's like, wait, don't you want to hear what I have to say? Like I have the solution to your problem and you're just going to leave. And (laughs) that's sometimes what we do with God. You know, we come to God with our laundry list of of problems and we say, here you go, God, fix it. And then we just kind of you know, log off. We just kind of shut off (laughs) instead of just being quiet and listening to God and and seeing where he wants us to go with that. Um, you know, I'm guilty of it too. It's, it's so easy to kind of put our prayer in and just like, okay, God, here you go. Deal with it. Instead of, um, letting it be a conversation. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And that's spot on. It's a good challenge for us. I I can't remember. I, I heard recently, of uh, you know whatever the average attention span is these days for most you know Westerners and it's something crazy like nine seconds is our attention span and I think actually uh, a goldfish has a longer attention span than than the average American now and so how does that how does that translate over into our prayer lives I mean I know I everything you're you're laying down and saying I'm totally feeling that and I'm. Uh, right there struggling to to work through that you know that's a really good challenge for us on just how we listen and as well as make room for the lord um and to be paying attention for what he's saying that's so good and a lot of a lot of what we do in our prayer i talk about you know it's almost like you know we have decisions and some some are long decisions like you know who we're going to marry you're not going to make that in an instant hopefully right (laughs) but there are decisions we need to make during the day that when we have a decision that is on our plate, you know, we kind of stop, you know, almost freeze frame it in our mind and think, okay, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? What are you telling me, Holy Spirit? And how can I go forth and have discernment in this decision I'm about to make? I think if we stop and do that, I think we would be shocked at how many times the Holy Spirit will come through and give us peace about what we're going to do. Because Mm. a lot of the answers I've gotten in my life come through peace, right? Mm. Because God is a God of peace and not of disorder. And and so a lot of times with decisions, if we have a peace about it, a peace that passes all understanding, a lot of times that is reflective upon the Holy Spirit telling us something in that moment. If we give it to Him and say, I need your help, uh, He will reveal Himself and give us that peace of a decision that we need to make. I've seen that a lot of times in my life where, you know, maybe the decision didn't make sense financially or did make sense in uh, a worldly, you know, decision-making model, but mm-hmm. I got a peace about it that led me to, you know, a path that, um, I couldn't have taken on my own. Yeah, no, that's really good. Let's dial in a little bit more and go a little bit deeper. As dads in the trenches, we have, you know, really three main applicable areas. Um, let's talk about discernment for those with, with marriage and with family and with work. Um, what are some, some key things that you'd share with us that, uh, we can focus on in these areas where we need to discern well, um, key things that you've picked up. So with discernment with our family, when it comes down to make sure that we're the ones leading them and not waiting, and that doesn't mean that, you know, our, our, our wife can't, you know, initiate anything, but I think what they really look to us as the head of our family and the mm. way God has, has um, set out the model for us to be the ones that initiate. And so mm. that might be initiate a Bible study, initiate prayer, initiate um, 
just things throughout the day to let them know that you're thinking about them, that you're praying for them. Uh, we do a family uh, devotion night once a week where, um, you know, I'll read something and even my kids will share, we'll read a psalm and then we'll all go around and pray for something that, you know, we're concerned about. Um, and that's something that didn't come naturally. It had to be uh, me just doing it, just like, hey, th- we're going to do this. And, you know, even the kids had a little bit of hesitancy to it at first and they didn't want to read anything or didn't want to pray. But over the, I mean, it didn't take long, maybe a couple, a couple uh, weeks of it. And, and, you know, now they love it. Now it's like, it's on our calendar. We make it a priority. Um, and same thing with our, with our spouse, you know, if, if we're not, um, you know, making them, uh, the focus of our, our thoughts of our, of our day, you know, even if it's just sending them a couple texts here and there, letting them know that we're thinking about them, that we're praying for them. If they have a big event coming up, if there's something that they're, they're stressed about, um, to just stop and pray for them. Um, covering our wife in, uh, prayer is something that I think is, is so crucial and something that they, um, hunger for. And they can't get anywhere else besides um, their husband. That's good. And also just touch on, I know we've, we've hit on some work stuff too, but other things, um, you know, discernment-wise for, for work that you'd, you'd share with us. Yeah. Um, with work, um, we, so one thing I like to talk about is that, you know, we're, we are Christians, not just on Sunday, right? We're Christians all week long. And so we don't, we can't turn off something at work and then turn it back on at home. And so we have to be Christians in how we act in how we think and how, in what we do all week long. Um, John Maxwell is, is one of my favorite authors on leadership and he talks about it in the form of business ethics where you can't just have, there's no such thing as business ethics, right? You mm. are either ethical or you're not, you, you can't just label it that, okay, we are ethical in business, right? And we can't just say like, oh, we're a Christian here, but not here. And yeah. so uh, we can't compartmentalize our life in a way that that um, we are a different person at home than we are with our friends. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. And so same thing at work. Like it doesn't mean we have to to preach about Jesus, you know, to, to others nonstop at work. I'm not saying that, but we have to live our lives with integrity. We have to, um, do things, um, that others will look at us, you know, for wisdom, uh, whether it's just wisdom in life or whether it's, we, God will give us an opportunity to, to speak into others. Um, and, so, for example, like in my job, it's not I don't talk to like my coworkers or my my employees about about God per se, but they know what I stand for. They know I wrote a book, you know, and so questions will come up. Um, but I also have like contractors that come in and, and work on things, and for them, it's like open game. Like they're not, you know, they're not protected by HR and stuff. So I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll have conversations with them nonstop about just. Hey, here for what do you do during the week? You know, where do you do, do you go to church? Just kind of looking for opportunities to speak to them, and then wherever it might, you know, um, work its way into the employees that I manage as well. Like I had one come to me just the other day, and he said, "Hey, can I talk to you?" And he's like, "I have," I ha- he was having personal issues at home, you know, and he just kind of threw some stuff off of me that I was able to uh, give him some wisdom on. Uh-huh. Um, Cause he, he knew he could come to me, um, without me saying like, Oh, you need to repent and be saved today. You know, right. We don't <laughs> right. want to hammer things over people, but we want to sh- love them and show them, uh, 
and God's love through what we do and, and what we say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. One of the things you, you talked about earlier, too, with uh, just thinking about family and um, as you talked about your son and raising your son, and um, it's one thing to have a bunch of books and things you've read, you know, but um, having the discernment really to to know who your son is becoming, how he's developing, what he needs in the moment. Um, just thinking about that yeah. as you're talking about family, for instance, is, is how that discernment plays out in, in everyday life and, and being able to see, see what it is your kid needs for the moment and, and being receptive to what the Lord's doing and maybe how the Spirit's even speaking to you in that moment about your kid. Um, it's really, it's really good stuff. And then as well, like in those moments when you're at work and, um, discerning those opportunities potentially to, to talk with whomever it may be that's in your space, you know, it's really good. Just to go back to my son, son real quick. Um, you know, it, it's one of the things I learned too, is that, um, not to react right in our, the first thing we want to say or the first emotion that we want to react, mm. um, with, because, Kids will try to right push your buttons, try to get you to react because <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking attention. about, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is a, a foreign concept, I'm sure, but you know it's uh, something we all relate to. And so, you know, if they start to escalate the situation, if they start to raise their voice, a lot of times we and raise our voice, and then they get louder, <laughs> then we get louder, and before you know it, there's a, a, a World War Three going on in your own house. <laughs> and so, um, I've had to deal with that too, where okay, I'm not gonna come to her level. And that's one thing we've done now too, is we just send him to his room, right? We just send him to his room, go cool off for 10 minutes. And then we're going to discuss mm-hmm. calmly, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, without resorting to, uh, to a yelling, a shouting match. So, yeah, that's good. Um, what other, you know, give us some, a couple other nuggets uh, around family or marriage or work, things, things like that, that, uh, you guys are doing, or you've recognized for discerning purposes. I would say that, you know, we're in a daily battle, right? Uh, the Bible mm-hmm. talks about, you know, we need to put on the armor of God daily. Um, and unfortunately, we can't rely on something great we did last year, last month, last week. You know, um, I work in a job where we get visited all the time. And so, you know, I like to, uh, it's very much, you know, what have you done for me, for me lately type of job. Mm. And so, a lot of times I'll get a visit and I'll think, you know, well, remember that thing I did two years ago, I did that project and it was awesome. And, mm. you know, and then they're like, well, well, why does it look like this right now? You know? All right. And so, um, we have to remember that in our own life too, where we are in a daily struggle, we put on the arm of God daily. And so that means that we can't rely on the fact that, oh, I went on a date with my wife, you know, three months ago. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I did an awesome Bible study with my kids two weeks ago. Because we're we're in this um, we're in the daily grind, and a lot of times you know it is a grind, and, and we go to work, we come home, we're exhausted, we we just try to survive, mm. and um, God calls us to I think thrive, right? Instead of just survive, and and so that means we're we're diligent, we're we're um, intentional about how we spend our time, and. Uh, we can't give the enemy a foothold in our life and in our time. Um, and so that means we have to be on the offensive. Mm. And so that means that we are, um, you know, purposeful in how we spend our time. You know, we, we schedule it in advance if you need to. You know, I'm going to 
go on a date with my wife every Friday, every other Friday, whatever that looks like, um, so that I can, you know, um, be true to the, you know, the person I made this commitment to, um, and, and let her know that I love her in not only words, but also actions. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes for our children. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for that, Tim. For dads, other dads in the trenches out there that, that maybe even be struggling, whether it's, whether it's work, whether it's, you know, family situation, marriage, um, a whole list of things, you know, what, what encouragements would you give to, to our dads, um, that may be struggling? First of all, you're not alone. You know, we've all been through it. We're going through it. Nobody's perfect. Um, and the good thing about your past is that it's in the past and it doesn't have to determine your future. Mm. You know, granted, there might be consequences that we have to live out. But at the same time, you know, today's a new day. You know, it's cheesy to say, it, but today's the first day of the rest of your life. But <laughs> it is true to a point. Um, and I think the Bible talks about it in First in John 1, 9. It says, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So that, that talks about a fresh start, you know, if we, mm. if we confess, you know, God is faithful even when we are not. And so if we miss the mark, if we sin, if we, if we, if we do something that we know is not right, you know, it's easy to get in what I call the sin cycle where, you know, we sin, we feel far away from God. And he, instead of turning to God, we feel like we can't. So then we just go right back to the sin again. Mm. It's like this vicious cycle that the only thing that can break it is mindset of our heavenly father who loves us so much. Um, we will more likely want to turn to him when we are in our moment of need, instead of feeling like we have to be this perfect child before we can come to him. Mm. And so, just realize like if you're in a stage where, you know, you've made bad decisions, like you don't know where to go next, um, pray, uh, find a path that God wants you to go and, and stick to it. You know, it is the narrow, Jesus said, go through the narrow road, right? It's mm -hmm. not easy. It's not the road that everyone chooses, but it's the road that leads to life. Yeah. And so that might mean that you take two steps forward and one step back. But stay on the path, right? Don't mm -hmm. don't turn, don't don't leave um, to do something else that you think is easier. Just be diligent and stay um, on the path God's called you to do. Yeah, that's good. So, Tim, just as we as we wind down here, um, tell us how our listeners can connect with you, what you're doing, um, where they can get the book. Um, we are going to do a, a giveaway for uh, your book as well. So. Uh, listeners, oh, if cool. you're if you're listening uh, this first week of the podcast, uh, check out Dad in the Trenches on Instagram. I'm gonna gonna do a giveaway for so be looking for that. But Tim, tell tell our listeners how they can connect awesome. with you. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Um, yeah, discerning Dad. If you type that in on almost any social media, um, you'll you should be able to find me. Um, I'm most prevalent on Instagram. And, uh, I'm even on TikTok now, which is kind of embarrassing, but it's fun. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a good way to, uh, reach, uh, I think some younger, younger kids. So, That's fun. but, um, yeah, the book is, the book is called everyday discernment, the importance of spirit led decision-making. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. Um, the website I have is discerning dash dad.com okay. and you can sign up with your email on there and get my weekly blogs. Uh, I have a lot of, uh, guest uh, discerning dads on there as well. So there's other cool. perspectives on there other than just my own. And I do want to say too, the book has, uh, your review in the very beginning of the book, Aaron. <laughs> so thank you for that. Well, it was an honor. Uh, and if, there's just not a lot out there regarding this subject matter of discernment and 
uh, how to apply it in your life. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's truly, it's a great resource. So I, I highly recommend it. If, if you don't win in the giveaway contest, there's links and I'm going to link it on the website as well. So you should go pick it up for sure. So, um, Tim, man, thanks for your time. Uh, before we leave, would you just take a minute and pray for the listeners, pray for the dads, pray for discernment for us? Yeah, absolutely. Honored. Jesus, Lord, I pray a blessing over every dad that hears my voice, every listener out there. I pray for the Holy Spirit to encourage each and every person. Give each man the strength to fulfill the calling that you have on their life in their areas of influence, Lord. I pray for patience with our children. I pray that each dad out there knows that it's okay to be vulnerable and ask for help, as we all have work to do for your kingdom, Lord, as we strive to be more like you and holy every day. Lord, would you give us the wisdom that we need to make the decisions that honor you in all we do? Mm -hmm. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tim, thanks again for joining us here on Dad in the Trenches. Thank you, Ryan. Guys, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.